As I live life, it seems that in recent months that I'm encountering more and more hostility, more and more anger, encountering more people who just seem to no longer have any filters on what they say, gestures they make, actions they take. It seems that a great many people have become so self-centered, self-focused, they have no concern for others. There seems to be more road rage than ever. There was a news story in the last few weeks where two drivers are angry at each other, so the one guy pulled a handgun out, and I think he had a camera in his car recording himself firing the weapon at the other driver as it drove past. I don't know what could possibly happen in a car that serious that would, would warrant pulling a gun and just, just firing off around. Boom, 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 boom. That's, that's really some kind of rage and some kind of anger. We're seeing it more and more. We're seeing people lash out, saying things that they shouldn't say. I'm sure we've all heard this. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all. That doesn't seem to be the prevailing wisdom anymore. It seems to be if you have something rude to say, feel free. Let it go. Be you, baby. Be you. Don't let anybody deny you your right to be a jerk. But if we love Jesus and he has put his love on the inside of us, if we're to call ourselves children of God, then we should conduct ourselves in a manner consistent with how he conducted himself. The Bible says he didn't revile people when somebody insulted him. He didn't turn back on them and insult them in return. The Bible says he left us an example. An example is what we used as a model for something we're going to do until we become proficient at it. In my classes, I give lots of examples. Some kids get it immediately. One example is all they need. They're ready to go. But some students need another example and another example, another example. So we provide examples. And then after you give examples, usually class ends, and then you give homework. What are students supposed to do with that? Go home and practice. Practice what? The examples they were shown. Take the examples you were shown and practice on these problems. And so the Bible says Jesus gave us an example. So what should we do? We should look at the example. Not once, not twice, but again, and again, and again. Hey, how did he conduct himself in that situation? Oh, okay. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you watch Jesus' example, you read it, you imagine it, and the first time you go out and perhaps practice that thing, it doesn't go as planned. Because it's spiritual as well. So it's not just watching and doing. There's something to be said, of course, for teaching your children good behavior, just for the sake of good behavior. But for spiritual things, things that have a spiritual foundation to them, we actually need to delve into the spiritual realm too. It's not enough just to have the example. We have to get filled spiritually too. Look at Romans chapter 12, verses 2, 14, 18, 20, and 21. Do not allow this world to mold you into its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. Be transformed from the inside out. Verse 14, if people mistreat or malign you, bless them. Always speak blessings, not curses. 
Verse 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Verse 20, but consider this bit of wisdom. If your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Because if you treat, them, treat him kindly, it will be like heaping hot coals on top of his head. In verse 21, never let evil get the best of you. Instead, overpower evil with good. The transformation, he says, transform your mind, which is true. The transformation needs to take place in your heart also. There needs to be a transformation of our heart. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since you have been raised with Christ, the liberating king, set your mind on heaven where Christ is seated at God's right hand. Stay focused on what's above, not on earthly things. The transformation is not going to happen without you having your mind focused somewhere. Romans said, renew your mind. Colossians said, focus your mind. Focus your attention. Set your attention. Fix your attention. I believe the King James says, set your affection. Set your affection on things above. Oh, where Christ is. Wait a minute. My attention, my focus should be on heavenly things. Where Christ is seated in heaven. I need to focus my attention on Christ himself. So again, going back to the example Jesus set, what does that require me to do? It requires me to set my attention on his example. I've got to look at it. And he provided many examples. And we see him. What does he do? He heals people. He forgives people of sin. He restores people to life. He multiplies food so they have something to eat during this long day of being out in the country and hearing him preach. Example after example, example of after how Jesus conducted himself. We're called to follow his example. I have pictures in my head. There's Jesus walking by. Somebody calling him, Jesus! Jesus! They're like, hey, you be quiet. Don't bug, don't bug him. Leave him alone. And Jesus! And Jesus stops, comes over. Right? All kinds. And so I could see this. I could see this man crying out. I can see other people, shut up, shut up! <laughs> Trying to get him to be silent. And the woman caught in the act of adultery, they drag her in. Man, watch how he interacts. Watch what he does. When I was a student in college just a few short years ago, one uh, of, of the topics had to do with what do you do when a student acts out in class? What is your first action? And this is a class that actually had two professors, and they said, what you want to do is you want to react and then respond, and that your reaction and response should not be one and the same. Your reaction should be different than your response. Now, I practice this, except it's still easier said than done. It could be when my daughter was young and she's living in my home, and I'm had the father role as in raising this child and training this child. It could be a child at school who does something that just, what do they call it? It grates. It grates on you, right? So you just want, your first, your first reaction typically is, what are you doing? 
Okay, maybe not. Maybe you're peaceful, and but sometimes you just have that. You just what they call flying off the handle. Probably none of you have ever done that, but you might be familiar with that phrase, flying off the handle. But that's a reaction. In the moment, something just happened. In the heat of the moment, the passion of the moment, you're you're just and it comes out. Now, I don't know if you send your children to your room, but my, my parents would send us to our, our rooms, and it, it, it kind of sounded like that. You go to your room right now. You, you sit there, and you think about what you've done. <laughs> and we'd go to our rooms, and there was no television, no radio. There was just your room. And so you actually did think about what you did. But their reaction... I, I, being a parent myself, I think sometimes I, I might act that way and step back and like, that, that was, really wasn't a good reaction to have there. My response should have been different. But I was angry, and so it came out just that way. So your reaction should be different from your response. Your reaction might be, ah! but in some situations, if you want things to go well, you should internalize that. Then you respond to the situation. You've had a moment to process. See, usually reaction comes out without any processing. How many have ever heard of think before you speak? But in those moments when something sets you off, there's no thinking. It's just speaking. And it's usually harsh. But it's a good idea to think before we speak and then to respond to the situation. I had a child many years ago who used a verb that was really not an appropriate verb to ever to use, and said it directly to me. It certainly wasn't something that said, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you said that to me today. I responded, please get your backpack, pack it up, and meet me at the door. And then walk down to the office, and I'll let them know you're coming. Believe me, it's not as if 100% of the time I'm like Mr. Wonderful and handle myself all smooth and cool. But that's the way we're called to, to, called to live. And I'll tell you what, the more that I hang around Jesus, the more I see his example, the more I act on his example, the more I let the Spirit of God rise on the inside of me, the more I let the love of God, back to that love, Romans chapter 5, verse number 5, been poured inside of me, the more I let it out. Okay, so some of you might remember the television show, I Dream of Jeannie. What Jeannie never wanted was to be in the bottle and have the lid put on there because then she couldn't get out. And we should not be those people who the love of God's in there, and we just cap it. Bah! It is not coming out today. I don't care. The love of God is so powerful, so mighty, that we, because it's on the inside of us, should let it out. Let it rule and reign. Let it direct what comes out of our mouths. Come on now. Let's not put any kind of boundaries on the love of God. Let's let the love of God rise up on the inside of us. Why? So we can act in a manner that is glorifying to God. I live the same life you live. But as pious as I am, I get angry sometimes. Things irritate me sometimes. I have to navigate this myself and say, okay, Lord, I want to beat up somebody. <laughs> but this is not okay, so you need to help me here. In verse 14 of Romans chapter 2, Always speak blessings. Okay, well, I'm still working on the always. I will tell you this 100%. My heart says yes to the always. 
My flesh says, you kidding me? Maybe none of you ever had this thought. They deserve it. They deserve the fury that I'm going to unleash in this moment. Do you know what they did to me? And Jesus said what? Or the Bible says, what about him? Man, when they, when they, when they just hounded him and pounded him and harassed him and menaced him and irritated him, he did not fight fire with fire. Fighting fire with fire is typically not a good idea. In fact, the Bible doesn't say, hey, add more fuel to this disagreement and it'll go away. Go ahead and up the ante, baby, and watch how peace comes into the room. Go ahead and put this person in a headlock and belittle and berate them and watch how peaceful the environment is. It doesn't say that. It said when you escalate like that, you're adding fuel to the fire, and the fire becomes a conflagration. It becomes a forest fire. It becomes a fire that's difficult to manage now. Now, I've been around some dumb people in my life. Okay, they're not dumb people. They've done dumb things. How about that? Where they have the, the, the grill with the briquettes in there, and they've put the lighter fluid on and put the match in, and it's just not burning quick enough. Or it goes out, and they get frustrated. I've known people who've taken the lighter fluid, and the things have a little ember in there, and they go, okay, I don't want to call it. I shouldn't have said that, because now if you've done that, you're going to think I think you're dumb. Um, And so uh, I retract that statement. Erase that. Uh, So... so, um, so all of a sudden, and I'm not the one to do that, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm live in the, I live in the safe zone. I'm not a risk taker. I like my eyebrows. <laughs> but, and all of a sudden, boosh. I'm standing back several feet, and the heat just goes, boosh. right? Adding fuel to the fire doesn't diminish the flames. It increases them. And for us, having an attitude and copying out and getting angry and escalating an argument doesn't diminish it. It increases it. It intensifies it. It makes it worse. We're being called not to do that. We're being called to do what? Speak blessings. And if I'm going to speak blessings, I've got to practice. Maybe you don't, but I've got to practice. I've got to get some things on paper, and I've got to read them again and again and again. Until it becomes real to me. At the same time, this is spiritual, so I thought the Spirit of God speaks to me. And I want to assure you, He does. He doesn't beat me up, but there's a gentle nudge. And it kind of comes to me like this. David, stop while you're ahead. Do not continue. David, no, no, you, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Now, I can listen to the Holy Spirit, be obedient, and respond to him, and things will go much better, or I can cop the attitude, I don't care! (laughs) I have every right! And then things go very poorly. And it could be with any relationship you have. These are matters of the heart. And so I'll leave you with this thought, and then I'll I'll close. But the reason they're matters of the heart, because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart is a well, and in that well is either fresh water or bitter water. It's not both. When you go to speak, oh, no, it's all from my head. No, it's coming from the deepest part of you in your innermost being. Are you filled with 
fresh water or bitter water. Because if it's bitter, then there's going to be bitterness always being uh, emitted from your mouth. And that bitterness does not help anyone. And so we're in the society right now where people feel just like they need to tell you about every little thing. I don't like your shoes. Well, good for you. <laughs> That's why I own them and you don't. <laughs> so we need to be nice to one another, treat one another nicely. And so the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to tend to our heart. All these issues have to do with our heart. And the question that we're going to pursue is how do we take care of, how do we take care of what's going in our heart? How do we manage the contents of our heart? Because if we don't manage it, then it's going to be by default, it's going to fill up with probably sediment. And then what's going to be coming out of you are things that are not beneficial or useful or helpful to anyone, including you. Including you. There's no way, unless you're like some kind of reprobate, but you're in church and you're, you're born again, so you're not, uh, that there's no way you feel good after you've gone on a tirade. There's no way you can. Oh, man, that was the best. I've never done it better than that before. That was good. <laughs> and I just said this. That was ugly. But I can remember that was a great, that was a great ugly saying. I got to use that again. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't do that. And we shouldn't be doing that. We probably go, oh, man, and we go, right? We had to get ourselves away. Lord, I'm so sorry. Ask the Lord's forgiveness. And then, if you want to live peaceably on the earth, you go ask for the person's forgiveness too. Well, I, 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 I ask for God's forgiveness. Well, good for you. The person that you hurt <laughs> needs to be brought out of whatever you put them into. God is dealing with me. I hope he's, he's interacting with you. Spirit of God is dealing with you as well, saying, hey, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I tell you what, life goes very well for me when I'm obedient to that. Don't do it, okay. When I respond quickly, oh, so much better. And I enjoy my evening, and I enjoy my next day. <laughs> but man, if I, mm, it all unravels on me, oh, Lordy. It's never, it's never good. And I don't want to act like this happens to me every day. It's every other day, but no, I'm just teasing. No, <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. But, but there's also the, uh, plenty of opportunity. Come on. In this, in this current environment, this world going lost its mind, man, they're trying to pull me in that same realm of just being nuts like they are. And it's easy. If you're around nutty people, you start, you know, <laughs> until you realize, man, I'm, I'm acting like these crazies. The inmates are running the asylum, and I'm one of them. <laughs>